Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Lisa Bishop, and I oversee the women's ministry and small groups ministry at our Near North location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent for you that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we created The Daily Cut, short devotionals that we hope encourage you as you grow in your faith and in your relationship with Jesus. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Lisa Bishop. Well, it's good to be with you. Thanks for tuning in to today's devotional. I pray that our brief time together encourages you, reminds you of God's faithfulness, and stirs your affections for Jesus. We are currently in our series on the minor prophets in the Old Testament, and today we'll be looking at a passage from the minor prophet book of Habakkuk, written about 640 to 615 BC. Now, as we spend time in the minor prophets, it's an important reminder For us to study the whole of Scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament, so that we can see the entire storyline of God, His character, His faithfulness, and ultimately His redemption through Jesus. So I'm really glad that we are digging into the minor prophets this week because I don't think they're books of the Bible that we tend to typically spend time on. So glad to be doing that with you today. And today we're going to hone in on chapter 3 of Habakkuk, verses 17 through 18, which I'm going to read in a few minutes. But before we get into our text for today, I want us to take a look at what is happening leading up to chapter 3. So essentially, uh, what is happening in chapters 1 and 2 of the book of Habakkuk. And just a reminder that whenever we are studying God's Word, context is key. So that's why I want to give us a little bit of an idea of what is happening leading up to our text for today. Now, in the opening chapter of this short book, essentially, we see a dialogue between Habakkuk, the prophet, and God. And Habakkuk is really beside himself in lament as he is just witnessing and seeing so much evil and injustice in the world. And essentially, we see this book opening up with Habakkuk crying out to God. In verse 2 of chapter 1, he says, How long, O Lord, will I call for help and you will not hear? Now, let me just stop there really quickly and ask us how many times might we have felt the same way as Habakkuk feels, like we've cried out to the Lord and He is not hearing us. Now, what provoked Habakkuk's crying out to God is that the people of Judah, God's people, had grown like super wicked. They were violent and they were corrupt. And essentially, there was no justice in the land that was supposed to be known by God's name. So God's people were not putting His glory on display, and Habakkuk was fed up. He just could not take it anymore. So in chapters 1 to 2, we see Habakkuk's intimate relationship with God played out and really unfold in kind of a proverbial Q&A with the Lord. Again, starting out with Habakkuk asking, How long, O Lord, will I call for help and you will not hear? And then we see God responding. And God says this, Look among the nations and see, wonder, and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. So we see this back and forth conversation of Habakkuk having a complaint to God and God responding to him. And part of the work that God is referring to in his response that so astounded Habakkuk is that God was going to use the enemies of Judah 
the Chaldeans, who were even more wicked, to punish Judah and make them turn from their evil ways. And because of God's covenant with Israel, his judgment on them, which would be allowing Judah's enemies to take them to task, would be redemptive rather than destructive. But the idea that the holy God of the universe would use wickedness to punish wickedness was completely intolerable to Habakkuk. And after Habakkuk's complaint to God and God responds, this back and forth conversation between the both of them, which can you even imagine that, culminates in chapter three with Habakkuk's response, which is a prayer to God, recalling God's faithfulness to save Israel and an acknowledgement that even though things currently look grim, God always keeps his promises and will continue to bring salvation and redemption to his people, ultimately through Jesus. So God's love never fails and never gives up on his people. And then we come to our verses for today in chapter 3, specifically verses 17 through 18, which are a hymn professing God's faithfulness even in the midst of suffering, defeat, and loss. And these are the verses for today. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Wow. (laughs) If we take a look at these verses and and really just study them, we see that Habakkuk is teaching us about trusting God. He's mentioning figs and grapes and olives, which really represented the entire agricultural system of Israel, necessary staples to live on. And Habakkuk makes this list and says, if there were no food, if there were no flock, if there were no herd, if essentially every earthly need and comfort is taken away, when sustenance and provision felt like it was vanishing, Habakkuk's response is to praise God. He commits to praising God regardless of external circumstances. Let me say that again. Habakkuk commits to praising God regardless of external circumstances. He trusts God when life does not make sense. Now, Habakkuk's joy, we see, was not dependent on his physical blessings. And even if he suffered extreme loss, he was determined to praise God. He remembered God's goodness in times past and concluded that God was worthy of his praise. And while, again, he might lack olives and grapes, he might lack comforts, he would never be without God. And he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. So how does that apply to you and how does that apply to me? Even when life seems hopeless, the odds seem stacked up against us, life is not turning out the way we planned, dreams are delayed and prayers seem unanswered. If it feels like God is silent in the midst of our cries and our pain, in the silence, God is working on our behalf for our good, and for His glory. God is always faithful, even if our feelings try to convince us of of something different, even if our feelings try to convince us otherwise. God is faithful. That is His character, and that is who God is, and His character does not 
change. And our job as followers of Jesus is to trust God and praise Him even when, really especially when, life seems upside down. And we can only learn to trust God if we know Him. And that means growing in our knowledge of God by studying His Word, spending time in the Bible and in prayer. And and if we don't know the nature and character of God, we have to know that we'll have a very hard time trusting God So as maturing followers of Jesus, spending time studying God and His Word is really a non-negotiable. And Habakkuk knew God so intimately because he spent time with Him. He, He knew Him. He conversed with Him. And so he was able to trust Him. And as followers of Christ, we can know Jesus so intimately and converse with Him, receiving counsel and wisdom through His Holy Spirit. So Habakkuk's short prophecy really reminds us as believers of the possibility of intimate communion with God that can overcome the deepest depression and the darkest seasons of doubt. Now, sometimes it feels like we're waiting and God is not acting. But again, God is always acting on behalf of His people, and our job is to pray, to rejoice in the waiting, and to trust God, to acknowledge His faithfulness and His character even when we cannot see, even when we do not feel like it. Rejoicing and praising God is not a result of our feelings. We rejoice and praise God because God is trustworthy. And then we see in verse 18 that Habakkuk praises God specifically for salvation. He says, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. So the secret of such a response is in the object of Habakkuk's love, trust, and affection which is God Himself. So in prosperity and in adversity, in joy and in sorrow, in victory and in defeat, Jesus is who Habakkuk clung to, and above all else, Jesus was His salvation and His joy. So when all seems lost, will the joy of our salvation, taking joy in Jesus, be our response? Like Habakkuk, we can choose to praise God even in the face of the unknown, in the face of loss, loss of a job, a relationship, a difficult marriage, failing health, not having our dream job in the face of singleness or the inability to conceive, in the midst of disappointments and dreams delayed, when we see injustices all around us and it seems like evil is winning. Like Habakkuk, we can rejoice in the Lord and express our praise and adoration. We can take joy in Jesus, the God of our salvation. God invites us. He actually wants us to cry out to Him in the midst of difficult circumstances, and our crying out creates intimacy with God. Our crying out creates intimacy with God. Our praise acknowledges His faithfulness and His trustworthiness. So my question for you and for me, what has you discouraged? What has you disappointed or in despair What has you not getting the answer and the timing that you want? In what ways have you cried out to God and felt He's not heard you? In what areas of your life are you tempted to withdraw from God rather than lean into your relationship with Him? Where is God calling you to rejoice and praise and take joy in Him, even if it doesn't make sense in your human and limited understanding? Here's my encouragement to you. I'm going to invite you to take a pen and paper and model Habakkuk's prayer of praise. Just start out writing, even though, 
and then write all of the things that may be disappointments for you or frustrations for you, things you feel like you've prayed and God hasn't heard, just even though, God, even though this has happened and this has happened or this hasn't happened, and just write that whole list out to God. And at the bottom, as Habakkuk did, write and declare this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. As God seemed absent and inactive in Habakkuk's doubt and in his distress, this book fits in within the context of the Bible's larger story that in the fullness of time, God Himself, through the person and work of Jesus Christ, is our salvation, and that our ultimate hope and our ultimate joy is in Him. Well, let me pray this blessing over you. I bless you with hope. I bless you with a deepening faith and trust in Jesus. I bless you with a thirst and hunger for God's Word and a thirst and hunger for righteousness. I bless you with knowing that God is for you. He is not against you. I bless you with knowing that God sees you. He knows you. He hears you. And He withholds no good thing from those who love Him. I bless you with an obedience to God that comes from a growing love for and intimacy with Jesus. I bless you with knowing the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Well, thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope this time was a blessing to you. Thanks so much for listening and a reminder that we will be back with another short devotional. So check back in with us and stay tuned.